0: I love you guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Don't you love it? When people ask that question, there's no way you can actually answer honestly. You're like, horrible. No? Okay. Let Let me pray. Father, I am so in love with you. We are in love with you. We love gathering in your house to worship you and connect with you and connect with one another. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would continue to just move amongst us, have your way, speak to our hearts, take this word and divide it up between us and just feed to us exactly what we need so that we can thrive and walk out these doors as your saints and transform our world. Thank you that um, you are so good and you are so kind to us. Your kindness is overwhelming. Your goodness is overwhelming. No matter what we are going through whether it is the most amazing season of joy or a season of weeping you are kind and you are good always and you are with us always so we say thank you for that in jesus name amen amen all right you guys can be seated i'm so short and i had just like shortened that so i am so happy to be here brooklyn was amazing this morning Um, JR and Tess are our new community pastors there, have you guys been able to see what's going on in Brooklyn and we've got our new community pastors there, it was their first week on their own being the community pastors, yes, and it was a phenomenal morning there in Brooklyn. My husband um, Paul and I, um, if you're new or visiting with us, we pastor all of our communities here um, at Liberty Church, four communities here in the city and right now my husband is in Amsterdam, which is pretty fun, right? He's in Amsterdam, and he is there with a whole bunch of pastors that are um, about to plant churches over there in Europe, so he's doing some training and just kind of rubbing shoulders with them and doing life over there right now, and he'll be back soon, but he just says hello. So um, this morning, uh, I, am, I am very much looking forward to bringing this word to you. It's something I'm very passionate about, and uh, it's about thriving in community. Um, about thriving in community so if you're taking notes it's called thriving community simple <laughs> and uh, as of late we've been doing a vision and a value series vision and values series and you know if you're wondering if you're new or visiting with us if you're wondering what our vision is as a church it's very very simple it is to know Christ and to make him known that's pretty simple right that we would intimately, deeply know him for ourselves, that we would walk with him and follow him, and that we would make him known. And we believe that our mission and the way that we do that is that we follow Jesus. We follow him, not just on a Sunday, we don't just check a box and show up to church and go, yep, did that, followed Jesus this week. No, we follow him through every season of life. Who knows that the gospel is not just something you hear one time and you give your life to Jesus. The gospel is the good news that we walk in every single day. It is the refinement process that we walk through we live these lives that are gospel centered that follow Jesus so we we want you to follow Jesus and then thrive in community I'm going to talk about that a little bit more and then be a people that make a difference and we outwork all of those things really through a value system that once again encompasses the gospel it is love truth freedom family and others and I would say to you um, if you didn't get to hear the the series on love truth freedom family and others, I would encourage you, even if you did hear it, go listen again, go listen to the podcast. When my husband spoke on truth and love, I was like, baby, you need like 10 mics up here so you can keep dropping them because I was amazed. Like it was just beautiful of who our God is, is that he is truth and he is love. He is both and they are paired together. And, um, and because of that, I talked about the gospel is freedom because you know, you go and you walk around on the streets and ask people what they think freedom is and they would say a million things, wouldn't they? But the truth is there is bad news out there and we have good news and that good news sets us free. That good news is the gospel that we are refined in every single day, that love that we are perfected in every single day. And because of that, we realize, man, we are a part of this amazing family here globally and we are a family that is all about others. And so um, I I hope that you would go and listen to those. Last week, I know that my husband brought the word and he talked about following Jesus when it comes to our mission, but I wanna talk about thriving in community thriving in community. Um, before my husband and I, my husband is Australian, and, um, and he was born and raised there. I was born in Spokane, Washington. My mom and dad are down here, the beautiful gray-haired lady. Stand up. Just show your hair. Just, it just is so good. So for years, she, she dyed it. It's been gray for how long, Mom? For a long time, right? Since I was born, she said. Um, but just last year, she cut it all off. She's like, this is my wisdom. I'm gonna walk around, I'm gonna own this gray hair. And she looks good, doesn't she? And of course, Dad, you look good too. I just, you know, didn't have you stand up. He's so, he looks good. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so anyway, I was born in Spokane, Washington, moved to Australia, lived there for 10 years, met, married my husband, had our first three children and God started speaking to us about New York. And what's so interesting is this word dropped in our heart and, he, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit, my husband has this gray fuzzy journal that he may reference every once in a while if you're listening to him. But he was talking about how when he was sitting there and it was like God was downloading just some of the DNA for us as Liberty Church, is God said he wanted us to be communities in a community. Now a lot of times when you have a church that has multiple places, they're called campuses, right? A lot of times you'll hear that word, or maybe not, um, but that is a word that ha- is used often as campuses. But I find it interesting that New York is really broken down into communities. How much do you know that where you live, when you're home, you don't go very far from where you live? I'm like, I know where my butcher is. I know where I get my coffee. I know where I get my fruit and vegetables. I am not going that far because I don't feel like walking today. I'm not getting on the subway. We have our radius, right? Our community. And we have the people that we see all the time. That's what I love about New York, Cause it's this big city broken down into community. So I think it's interesting that before we knew the DNA or started to learn, and we're learners all the time about our great city. But um, that it's really broken down into community because we know that a campus is a place you go to learn but a community is a, something you belong to. And we are passionate about building community, having something that we belong to. And we've always said things like this, if you've been around long enough, we say things like this at nauseam where you're like, will they please stop saying this? Things like, we're a community, not a crowd. And you're like, oh my gosh, I said it again. Like, But but that the reason why we say that is that you can get a crowd anywhere. Do you know what? This can even be a crowd for you. Because we're very good at isolating. We're very good at coming and showing up and looking all good for church and not giving anything of ourselves, right? We can let crowds be crowds wherever we go, but we are passionate about community. I'm gonna break that down a little bit more. You know, we wanna be in a community for a community. We're only six years old as a church, so we speak vision for the generations, right? That we would be a community that not is just is here for ourselves, but that we would serve our communities, love our communities here in Wall Street, but also wherever it is that you are planted in your apartment building, that you know you're a part of a community that is for your community, that you serve and you love. We lay our lives down for our communities. We want to be a people that are transformed and therefore bringing transformation, right? That we are transformed from the inside and therefore transforming the world around us that we would be reconciled reconcilers. That is our prayer, that we would be those people. And I think it's interesting, even from the start, I, you guys, I, am, I, I like to cook sometimes. I'm not the greatest cook. We've had this conversation before. Um, but when we started the church, we had this idea, why don't we have family dinners? So we had no services yet, and people would show up to our door, and my three young children would memorize everyone's names. My kids were the greeting team. They're like, welcome, welcome to our house. <laughs> And um, every other week, because really, um, when I make big meals or a lot of meals for a lot of people, it's usually tacos or pasta. So every, yeah, yeah, tacos or pasta. So every other week, if you're coming to my house for a family dinner, you knew we were getting tacos or pasta, but always the chocolate chip cookies. They, yes, see, Chad is still inning. That is why he actually stayed a part of our church And he says, if I'm gonna move to San Francisco, you gotta send them at least once a month. No, he hasn't said that. But that's the one thing I'm really good at is my chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) And so so we'd have these these family dinners. Why? Because we wanted to sit across the table from one another. We wanted to connect with one another, have community, do life together. And I remember before we even started services, people would say, I love this church. Why? Because the church is not just Sunday. The church is the whole week that we do life, that we do community, that we choose each other week in, week out, that we do life together. Here's the deal. Deep down, we all desire community at some level. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there is a part of you that desires community. There is a part of you that does. We long for meaning. Does anybody in this place long for meaningful, real, actual relationships? Yes, right? That's what we actually, we want, we want that. We want spaces and places that are safe, where we can be fully us, that we don't have to fake it, but we are accepted with all of our imperfections. Does anybody want that? And is anyone scared out of their minds to walk in a church because that might not be true, because it maybe hasn't been true in the past, right? And so we're hoping we can create a safe home, a safe place. You know, there's a longing in, in most of us for this real community, but it almost seems at odds with each other, because how many of you know that some of your greatest, most triumphant, amazing, connected moments, most refreshing, breakthrough moments have come in community, but some of your most broken and painful moments have come in community as well, right? Right? No? Just me? You guys are like, do we say yes, or is that allowed? <laughs> right we have been hurt by other people in community and but what's so weird is we live in this tension and this dichotomy of like but I still long for the real thing even though I want to run from this anyone want to run from this like you want to actually get up right now I love it. I love it. these two are like yes we're gonna we're actually gonna get up and leave right now if anyone gets up and leave grace to you no I'm just kidding we love you <laughs> But so why is community something we long for? Why do we actually, we hear thrive in community and we're like, oh, that sounds amazing. I really want that, but I'm also scared of that, right? Well, here's the really cool thing, and I'm gonna read to you something in a moment, is that the reason why we long for community, it's almost like this primal instinct in us is because we are created in the image of God, and our God is one God in three parts. He is community. I'm gonna read to you. For, from this in a second, but what I want to say to you before I jump into reading and quoting this book is our, um, our staff community group, because, you know, Paul and I just, we want to do community well, therefore we want to do that with our team, with our staff. We want to sit across the table. Guys, I am making breakfast every week. Are you proud of me? Are you so proud of me? I think I'm doing pancakes this week. Pray for me on Wednesday morning. Um <laughs> But, um because they're all like when are we not gonna have eggs anymore i'm like eggs are so easy <laughs> so um but anyways we are um really passionate as you would know about just getting better at really equipping um you guys ourselves like being equipped in what does it truly mean to walk in the gospel what does it truly mean to be refined every single day to be transformed in this good news that we have in the middle of a life that is full of bad news how do we actually do this how are we transformed? from the inside out, so what we're doing right now is we're we're going through this book called The Gospel-Centered Life, and it is wrecking us. We are sitting there, and we, the conversations and the questions that it asks, it's like a really great team-building thing, because we're like, oh, I see why you do that now. Like, you know, it's one of those, like, oh, I get you. Oh, I'm judging you, oh, that's my problem. <laughs> you know, so we're going through this, and it's wonderful. And. Um, but, but someone gave to me because they knew I was going to be talking about thriving in community. They also have gospel-centered community. Now talk about being wrecked. This is so confronting right here. So I, I, a lot of what I'm going to bring to you um, this morning is from the gospel-centered community. So I just want to give credit where credit is due um, that I, I'm walking through a lot of this book. Apparently they also have gospel-centered parenting, but I'm a little bit afraid to read that one because I feel like I might want to go back in time. Right? Right? <laughs> You're like, redeem the time, Father. (laughs) And so um, what I want to do is I want to read to you a quote from this because it's that longing, right, that I was talking about. And if we're created in the image of God, if we're created in his image, then that is why this deep longing is there. We're going to start with the nice part of the Nicene Creed and then go into a quote from the book. So it says this, the Nicene Creed says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified. Okay, so that's part of the Nicene Creed, but let's go into this. The trinity means that God himself is in community. More accurately, God is community. One God, three persons, before all worlds, before any sort of human community existed, there was God dwelling in perfect, loving harmony in his threefold being. In the biblical account of creation, this triune God says, let us make man in our image. Human beings are made to image God, to reflect his likeness. Remember when I talked about the gospel is freedom, that Jesus connected us back to God and therefore now we are bearers of his image, not just for self, but being refined and purified in him to bear who he is, which is love. That's why our longing for community seems so deep and so primal. It's how we're made as God's image bearers. So if deep community is something we all want, if it's part of being made in God's image, then what makes it so hard to attain? What keeps us from achieving this type of meaningful human relationship that God wired us for? Okay, good question, right? So we're going to break this down a little bit because if we're to thrive in community, we've got to kind of see what are the things that are blocking us from community, what makes it hard to step into true community, and what is community really for? Why has God called us into community? Well, number one, the reason why it's hard to attain, number one is this, is the fall of man. The fall of man, it's broken community. Remember, we talked about this again I'm not harping on this because I want you to go and listen to my voice. I'm harping on this because it's important to hear the gospel, know the gospel, be able to speak the gospel for yourself from your own perspective in the way God has transformed you. So go and listen to the gospel is freedom, okay? So the fall of man. What happened when the fall of man took place is that we stopped bearing the image of God. We became self-conscious, toiling to protect ourselves, fends for ourselves, take care of ourselves, right? We can all relate to that. There are parts of us where we're like, I'm going to take care of this and me and my own, right? And if the apocalypse comes, it's all about me. No, I'm just sorry. No one laughed. Okay. That's not funny. Cuz the apocalypse is in the Bible. Ah! No. Okay. Toiling for I'm sorry you guys. You're like she was so serious till that moment. What happened? Okay. So then what happens is, is when the fall of man came, we, start, we protect ourselves, we cover ourselves, we're pursuing our own self-interest, that's what we do. When we are not walking in the redemption, when we are not aware, we're like, whoa, yuck, God, that's not your image, how can that be refined in your image? What happens is, is when, um, with the fall of man, is we avoid people that bother us. Anyone ever done that? Avoid people that bother us? And maybe, maybe we're like, I'm going to avoid those people. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to see, whatever that is for us, right? We avoid people that bother us and we don't confront others with that truth and love. Again, listen to truth and love. They have to be together because truth without love isn't heard and love without truth isn't love at all, right? Right? So, you know what? We don't want to confront others with truth and love because either we want to avoid conflict or offending someone or we just don't like conflict altogether, right? But sometimes, here's the other thing. Here's, a, here's another thing of why we don't step into community. If we could be super honest with ourselves, relationships just cost too much. Isn't that true? Anybody married in this place? <laughs> why are you laughing? Mom, why is that so funny? <laughs> How many years have you guys been married now? 43? 43 almost. Anyone has marriage issues? No, I'm just kidding. They're like, we're tired. No, (laughs) But seriously, I have watched these two. But but you know, it costs you something. It costs to be married. It costs to have relationship. It costs to have friendship. It costs us to show up every week. It costs us. So a lot of times we're like, peace out. costs too much. Right? You can be honest. We all can be honest with ourselves. Yes. Even me, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I quit. (laughs) Number two. Is okay. So we we maybe we avoid community just because if we're walking in that fallen state, unaware of the good news. But the, the truth is, is the, the good news. No, good news has come. So therefore, we are redeemed for community. We just have to be aware of it. So we are redeemed for community. The good news is, is that we are connected back to God. We are connected to love through Jesus' sacrifice, and therefore, are created value and purpose. We are created for love. We are created for community. We are made to become more like Christ in community. And community, how much do you know that either you could become less like Christ in community or more like him? We choose, right? You're like, you're driving me crazy today. Whatever that is, we can become less like him or more like him in community because community gives us ample opportunity to become more like him and bear his image, doesn't it? Because we have to work stuff out in community. And it's not always easy, but it is so beautiful and amazing. And the thing is, is I love this. Not only are we connected um, back to God because of Jesus and then given the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are literally made part of the body of Christ. We are stuck together. You're just thinking, oh, I made this decision. I'm going to go to heaven now. It's like, no, you made this decision. You turn from your ways. You're following Jesus. Every day there are things coming up in your life where you're like, and you're giving it to god you're being perfected in his love and then you look around and you are with all of these people that are helping you be perfected in his love and then you read things like this that say now you are the body of christ and each one of you is part of it what you mean like the elbows connected to the arm like i can't sever myself from all of these people we are stuck together we are the body we are We're the body of Christ. He makes us the body, and not just Liberty Church, the body across the earth. We are part of the body of Christ. We are created for community. Community is not easy sometimes, but it is so worth it, is it not? It's so worth it. I love that even Tanya's down here saying, yeah. And how, I mean, I have done community and life with this girl longer than I've known my husband. And I mean like, and trust me, we have not wanted to do community together. i mean, like, I'm done with you. She's like, I'm done with you too. You know, we've had, we have had so many opportunities. Like, gosh, I'm having flashbacks right now. Um, but we keep choosing each other. We keep choosing each other. We're gonna get to how we do that because what is the next thing? The next thing is that, oh man, we are transformed to thrive in community. We are transformed to thrive in community. You know, how many of you know that when you're all alone, you are so perfect, and you're almost always right? You're always right, right? When you're alone, you're like, I'm so awesome. I'm so right all the time. I am like, God, thank you for making me so perfect. And then you post how perfect you are or your thoughts How perfect your thought is on social media, and you're like, why is everyone so mad at me? I'm right. I don't understand. Then you show up at church and you're like, have a little bit of friction, you're like, whoa, I I don't know about that. Right? We're 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 so awesome all alone. (laughs) But then we get into community, you're like, oh, there's some sanctification that needs to take place. I need to be transformed there's so much god wants to do in community you know in this book it talks about functional community versus formative community functional community versus formative community now functional community is all about self it's when you're at the center it's when you value relationships for how they can meet your needs right and guys we all do this so i'm standing up here going I'm like, how can you help me today, right? That's what we do. Like, until we're aware, we're like, whoa, okay. Why am I doing that? But formative community that transforms us and forms us, formative community puts God at the center. It puts God at the center. Valuing the relationships that God has put in our life as part of God's means to change and reform us to reflect his image on the earth. Yeah, amen. Sienna likes that one. (laughs) Right? Okay, listen to this. Listen to this quote from the book. The agent of sanctification is the Holy Spirit. The tool of sanctification is the truth of the gospel, the good news that we have to step into. And the context of sanctification is community. It's community. Isn't this amazing? Okay, now, this is the thing, too, is in this book it lists all of these one-another scriptures, one-another, not... One, one, one another. Man, why are these in the Bible, right? Listen to this. This is context of community. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another showing honor. Have you, who have you showed honor today? We should be outdoing each other, honoring one another in this place. Looking at someone and going, you're amazing. Let me tell you why. Not just to say you're amazing, but here is specifically why I want to honor you right now outdo each other. It says in Romans um, 12.10, 2 Corinthians 13.11, comfort one another. Agree with one another. Ha ha! No? I think that's funny. Agree with, this is hard stuff. Agree with one another, showing honor, showing honor. It says Galatians 5.15, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Woo! Let's serve each other. You're like, no. Ain't nobody got time for that. The Bible says so, guys. Um, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Oh, all these one another's. One more one another. John 13.35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. (laughs) Yay, one another. Okay. How... Many of you know that we fail at this every day, right? So what does that mean? It means that we need Jesus. It means that, oh man, this is the goal that we attain to, that we would walk in this truth, that our lives would be laid down, that we could honor and love and forgive and do this life well together, but we know we fail. So what does that mean? It means that the cross becomes bigger in our life. The reality of our need for a savior and this good news transforms us. It means that when we fail, we bring our failures to him and he changes us so that we can thrive in community and that we love each other even though we get this stuff wrong. Right? So I'm so glad that Jesus has come to transform us. But here's the next thing I wanna talk about. I think it would be good for us to look at what stops us from thriving in community. Does anyone wanna just, let's just check our hearts right now. How does that sound? What stops us from thriving in community? Oftentimes, I tell you what, we want the benefits of community. If we can be super honest, we want the benefits of community without investing into it. Isn't that true? Like, it's true. I think, once again, it's just we're aware of our self-will. We're aware of what we want but maybe don't want to invest into, and it's okay because it just makes us aware, once again, of our need for a beautiful Savior that continues to transform us. Let me read this quote. As a pragmatic people, we tend to have a functional view of community, knowingly or unknowingly. We think of relationships in terms of what they do for us. Our friends give our lives meaning, keep us from being lonely and isolated, support us in hard times, celebrate with us, and help us accomplish goals. But what if our relationships had a more transcendent purpose? What if every friendship and interaction was intended by God to form us, shape us, and change us spiritually? Every relationship in our lives has a formative purpose. How good is that? You're not amening. okay. You're like, I don't know, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's so interesting, it gives these different things. Now, here's where we do get to actually do a heart check. If you wanna write this down or if you wanna just listen, but it gives this list in here of the things that we do that are self-focused, right? That, that we maybe are not aware of, but we all maybe have a natural tendency towards. And, and there's five of them, and the first one is this, self-reliance. Self-reliance, right? You're proud of your ability to take care of yourself. You don't ask for help, but you sure enjoy it when people ask you for help, right? Okay, self-reliance, that's self-reliance. Self-sufficiency is the next one. Self-sufficiency. Maybe you are known as like an amazing and a good Christian. You are a great follower of Jesus. You are proud of your knowledge of his love. You can drop like Bible knowledge like anybody else. I don't know, maybe that's you. You take pride in all of that, but you have surface relationships. Maybe that's self-sufficiency, okay? Self-protection, self-protection. You don't wanna get hurt so you don't give too much, and isolation protects you so you avoid conflict, right? Self-protection. I think probably all of us have done all of these at some stage. The next one is self-importance. Self-importance. We're, you're always busy. You're like, I'm just getting it done. I am doing it. I am living large. That's like all of us, right, because we live here. So, um, but we're always busy. <laughs> Maybe you want respect. You want respect and attention, but at the same time, you're constantly worried about what everybody thinks about you. And so that's why the busyness. And, and the last one is this, self-will. Self-will. Okay, self-will is when you have a consumer mentality in life and even towards the church. You have a consumer mentality when it comes to church. Um, Maybe you have um, shopped around at a lot of churches and you're like, I don't like what this church can do for me, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, there's no condemnation in that because you're like, oh, that's me. (laughs) But, But that's maybe the mentality that you've had. Your schedule always takes priority over others and um maybe you always want advice but you are not going to take any of it anyone so um i think we can all find ourselves in there can we just be honest with ourselves i think it's good for us to recognize these things why because then what we can do is go oh my gosh God, I didn't realize that I'm doing that. Can I bring that to you, and can you show me how to engage in in community? I even started talking to our pastors, and I said, hey, to our team, I just sent out an email. I said, this is what I'm speaking on this week. There's cost and a benefit to community, right? There's a cost that we've got to count, but there is always a benefit, and the benefit outweighs the cost, right? Some of you are like, I'm not sure yet. But see, we've got to count the cost before we will invest to see the benefit and the reward of stepping into community. I mean, what is the number one cost for us as New Yorkers? Time. We are time-poor people. So a cost of time and investment, of sitting across the table, of having a coffee, of working things out, of going to community group, of showing up to church, it's like, ah! It's so much time to thrive in community, right? But the truth is, is you'll be truly known. You'll be truly known and accepted, flaws in all. The expansion of your world will be amazing as you continue to invest, letting your walls down and doing life together. Oh, the cost will be vulnerability. I don't want to be real. I'm so good at like, look how cool I am. Guys, I can do the robot, don't be jealous. (laughs) But you'll have genuine friendship. You'll have genuine friendship. The cost, I mean, The cost will be be, being a safe person. The cost to being a safe person is actually dealing with your own issues so people can trust you. So that when they come to you and tell you something they are scared out of their mind to tell you, you're like, I love you and I accept you and you are with me and we're going to walk through this together. Because of your vulnerability, because of becoming a safe person, oh man. But there's a cost to that because it means you have to work through your own stuff to be able to be a safe person for someone else. Oh, what about the cost? Is the risk of being hurt or offended some of you are already offended that I'm up here. You're like, why is she here? I want her husband. She is, I don't want this lady here. And I don't know. It's possible. Maybe not. I mean, how could that be true? Um, But the thing is, is when you have hurt and offense with a friend, you choose to deal with it. And then the benefit of that is finding people that you can truly trust because you can walk through a fence and be like we still love each other that's a miracle that is God at the center of this formative relationship <laughs> <laughs> being present oh that's a cost there's a cost to being present but then you know you have real rich connection and relationships all of those things we long for but are afraid of at the same time right okay why is isolation not wise I'm just gonna touch on this for one second I think this is really important Isolation isn't wise because there is only a cost to isolation and no benefit. It says in Proverbs 18, 1 through 2, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. How many of us have all been there? Hello? Where we're like, oh, don't confront me, don't talk to me, don't talk about that. I just want to be right we just want to be remember when we're alone we're so right (laughs) but that's the thing is what this is saying is there's no wise judgment when there's not people around that you can speak to you with truth and love that can see you and celebrate with you and do life with you and there when you have a baby and there when you're mourning and there when you're getting married and there when you're like this is like there is a cost but but when we isolate ourselves there's only cost no benefit no benefit and and, and we've got to get good at knowing that expressing just our heart, but not letting it be refined, is is dangerous. So we've got to we've got to choose to have truth and love. I just have a couple more things I want to touch on before I pray for you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, I talked about this a little bit at um at at uh, Vision Sunday, and you know the core for us is really out of Acts chapter two of. When you wanna see what it looks like to have a thriving community, you read Acts chapter two, 42 through 47, and what you see is this beautiful, ideal thriving community. Let's go there right now. Uh, you can put it up, but before I say that, let's just think about Jesus. If we're following Jesus in every area of our life, Jesus did life in community. Jesus did life in close relationship with 12. He had three very close friends. He was always with people. Remember I talked about this a while ago where I said, you know, isolation is self-protection from society, whereas, you know, purposeful solitude, which Jesus had, is about being basically filled up and prepared to pour out for society, right? And so Jesus was intentional in the way he did life, and so we follow him. But right after he ascended, Holy Spirit came, the church emerged on the earth. We see this beautiful model of a thriving community, and it, it, it's this, Acts 2:42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Has anyone done that this week? I would love a property to sell. That's gonna happen, I believe it in Jesus' name. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Okay, let's break this down really quickly. Let's think about this. These people had a personal devotion, a personal devotion to being equipped by the apostles' teaching. They didn't have people going, why aren't you at church today? Why didn't you show up for a community group? Whoa, 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 You know, it's like we want people to be like, well, no one cared. I didn't show up for five weeks and no one called me. I'm like, okay, can we be grown-ups for a minute? I'm sorry if I'm offending you right now, but can we just show up? Can we have a personal devotion and a need for ourselves to be so transformed that we can't help but just get into it, whatever it is? Yeah right? No, no, everyone's mad at me. Okay. What about just a personal devotion to fellowship? It's, it's like they had this personal devotion. They chose to show up for one another. If you say you're going to show up, show up. It's a New York thing. Oh, I'll come. I'm not coming. And you, oh, we always do it at the last minute. Let's not do that to each other. Let's show up. Let's have a personal devotion to one another. You're all clapping because you've all been canceled on by someone. (laughs) Oh, everyone's coming for a community group. I made all this food. I can't come. I'm not this hungry. (laughs) Please come. Personal devotion to breaking bread. Hey, Cody. A personal (laughs) devotion to prayer, a personal devotion. No one was like, you should be praying. It was like, I need to be on my knees. This city confronts me. My life confronts me. Raising children that want to serve God confronts me. I have to be on my knees. I have to have a personal devotion. They did life together. They had things in common, unity. I love that they sold possessions. When's the last time someone said, you know, I've got a job interview today, but I don't have any, like, great clothes to wear where you're like, well, let me take you up the street and take you shopping, or let me just buy you a little gift certificate. Or did you just go, oh, that's, I'm so sorry that, for you. But when's the last time that we're like, you know this is going to cost me something. This is going to cost me something. Someone's hungry and they're not like begging, they're not doing it, hoping you're going to say like, hey, I'm going to take care of you. But you you notice a need and you fill it. Not because you're on a team or you need to be filling it because it's the thing to do. It's like, oh my gosh, I long to fill that need for you. Let me help you out. Whatever that is. Breaking bread, prayer, signs, wonders, miracles, here's the deal, we are a church that is passionate about seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, why? Because you can walk out those doors and tell people, we believe that the Bible is the infallible truth, it is the highest form of truth, and people will go, well, that's not my truth, that's your truth. Well, do you have a problem in your body that I can pray for you for, because the healer will heal you, and then there's nothing you can do about that when you have a miracle in your life? So, Some of you are wondering if miracles have died. They have not died. We are seeing ears open, backs healed, feet healed, cancer gone. We are seeing so many things take place in this church. And we want to see signs, wonders, and miracles and more of them because you know what? People can argue us to the ground about what they believe, but when they experience his power and his presence and his truth, it's all over. So outside of these far walls, what does it look like? and the team can come up. It means choosing each other. It means choosing, it means choosing to show up, like I said, choosing community group, choosing to show up on Sunday, choosing to go to that meal, choosing to say yes when it works, choosing, choosing, meals around tables, conversations that are uncomfortable, conversations that you don't wanna have, but you know if I don't have this, it will fester and become a fence, and this could break me if I don't do this. Oh, but you become a beautiful, greater person, bearing the image of God, walking in freedom. Oh, man, this is the life, trusting relationships, letting our walls down, walking together. I was talking to Matt and Paul about this, too, in one of our meetings, and I was like, guys, is there anything you want to add? And I love that even Matt was talking about just some friendships he's had for, what, 18 years? Just 18 years of showing up and doing life together. And I'm like, this is what community is. It's like, you know, they, they show up around, the, they golf together, they do life together. I'm like, this is the slow burn. And I think what we want is something that shows up right now. Well, this church promised me community. I'm going somewhere else because it's not working here. I'm like, give it some time. <sighs> right? Because to build what we want to see, we've got to continue together. It's that long obedience in the same direction, right? I want to read that quote again, that book. Man, if you're looking for some good books, get these books. Gospel-Centered Community, Gospel-Centered Life, Gospel-Centered Parenting. Let it wreck you. Get the book, um, uh, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. This quote, the essential thing in heaven and in earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There, thereby results and has always resulted in the long run something which makes life worth living, It is this long obedience in the same direction which the mood of the world does so much to discourage. But man, if we just keep showing up, if we can have an agricultural approach to our lives instead of that fast food approach, that instant approach, that consumer approach, if we can lay the consumer approach to the side and and realize that seed time and harvest, seed, small, time, we don't know how long that is, harvest, a lot of work. Are you guys ready? seed time harvest seed time harvest over and over and over again until we step into glory and are perfect in his sight seed time harvest long obedience in the same direction it's a slow burn man a farmer doesn't plant a seed and be like why haven't you come out of the ground yet but that's what we do we're like come on i want the results right now like, oh, one foot in front of the other, long obedience in the same direction. I'm loving you, I'm celebrating with you, I am taking you to the mat right now. Whatever that looks like, because relationships are like that, and it's okay. A flower doesn't thrive unless it is watered and fertilized. No one likes fertilizer. It smells, but we need it in our lives. And a tree doesn't thrive without remaining planted. We gotta remain, we gotta continue, we gotta thrive, we wanna thrive. All right, we create the ecosystem that we live in, right? We create it. What do you want? Do you wanna thrive? Well, what are you doing to thrive? What ecosystem are you creating? And then if you think about it, if we're creating he- healthy ecosystems in our, li- our own lives, then collectively we are creating an ecosystem that when people walk into it, they'll be like, Okay, this is unfamiliar, but I want this. Whatever this is, and we'll continue to choose one another and thrive in community. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Now we're going to pray. We're going to pray because some of you, you know, you're not following Jesus yet. And we love in this church to take an opportunity to allow you to make the choice to turn from your way that probably is really frustrating and turn to his way. I love, and I'll repeat this every week, and I don't even care if you're annoyed with me. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. See, like I said, we live in a society that that thinks there are many ways to God or to heaven. But there is only one way, and his name is Jesus. And he is the way in life that we have been looking for. He is the truth that we are trying to find. And he is the life that we are called to live and model after but we've got to first turn from our way to follow him. So this morning, I'm talking to people not that have had a hard week or just want to come close to God. I'm talking to people who actually need to turn from their ways and choose to follow Jesus into the arms of God, the one who made a way, who was the one and only, the last and only final sacrifice that caused us to be able to be redeemed and connected back to love that transforms us. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Church Podcast. If you are in New York City or will be visiting the New York area soon, please be our guest on Sunday. For service times and locations, please visit libertychurchnyc.com.